Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond the Experiences. My name is Anand. I have Rashmi here with me to speak about Ladakh in the extreme north of India. Hi, Rashmi. Hi. Rashmi, I thought let's talk about Ladakh today. I've heard you speaking about the place very fondly, and it's been in the news over the last few months for various reasons that we all know about. It seems to be. very very rugged terrain very inhospitable and all of that is this a place for adventure seekers only or uh, uh, is it a place that normal tourists can go in for a relaxed normal holiday yes it has been in the news it still continues to do so till we get some solution to the whole army building up around ladakh it's a fact that it's a high terrain and uh, our armed forces are deployed there it is a high altitude place However, when you look at Ladakh, there is more to Ladakh than just about being a mountainous region, tough terrains, treks, etc. So I'm going to be focusing about why I believe it's a great vacation option based on my experiences in that place. So let me start with culture. So typically, Ladakhis are uh, people who represent the Indo-Tibetan culture, if I may say like that. It's a unique culture, and let me tell you that uh, Ladakh has maximum number of uh, festivals in a year. You know, India in itself celebrates a lot of festivals. Every uh, second or third one, there's something or the other. But Ladakh really tops the list. Uh, in fact, if you average out the number of festivals that are celebrated, it will average out to two per month. There is a lot of spiritual feel in that place. You may say because of Buddhism, monasteries around. Uh, simplistic living of people but yeah there is a spiritual feel when you travel to that place a unique wildlife uh, snow leopards are found in uh, so if you are somebody who's fond of wildlife and birding it's a good idea there's a lot of history uh, which you know we generally tend to ignore in fact uh, herodotus who's known as the father of history has written about ladakh in his book and he speaks about the indo-aryan population here then there are a lot of rock carvings which date back to the neolithic times and of course all of this is there apart from that what really draws people to ladakh is unmatched scenic beauty rugged beauty if i may say you know the uh, feel comes from the time when you are landing at leh airport if you are uh, you know flying to ladakh so i don't believe it's just for the adventure seekers or people who want to trek or bikers it's actually for everybody of course yes the place is at uh, high altitude so you require acclimatization so even when we traveled uh, for the first day after we landed we were just walking around and generally exploring the place on our own just to ensure that our body is acclimatized to that kind of a high altitude Tell me about which are the best places to visit in Ladakh or in that region. Okay, so let's start from Leh. Uh, Leh is the capital. Ladakh now is a, a union territory. Leh is uh, the capital. The airport is also in Leh. Leh itself has a, a lot of things to do. Now, when I say Leh, I'm also including places which are you know forty fifty kilometers outside. Uh, it's the place which has the Leh Palace, where the royal family used to live. Then there is Hemis Monastery, which is uh, very very popular for its uh, 
festivals the hemis festival which happens during summer is uh, something which you should not miss out on from leh uh, typically everybody likes to go to khadungla pass uh, so yes khadungla pass is the uh, highest motorable road in the world it's almost a year year and a half it's uh, sorry uh, almost an hour hour and a half from leh it's a bad idea to day a day, do a day trip to khadungla uh, so typically once you go to khadungla it's also the gateway to your nubra valley so always have a plan where you are going to khadungla and then you're going to spend the next day in nubra valley so nubra valley again is the uh, next place which is uh, very nice so one of the things is uh, the camp stay at nubra valley is something which everyone must experience the very scenic location very green during summer and very snowy during winter uh, in fact uh, the guide told us that locals call it a moon land during the winter it looks almost so different there is this uh, double bactrian camel which is very unique to ladakh in india of course so that's something that you will find in ladakh it's not a bad idea to try a double bactrian camel safari then there are these uh, villages called hundar and dikshit right so uh, these villages are very close to the line of control so there is good amount of uh, forces which are deployed there <coughs> from here you can actually see the uh, second highest uh, mountain peak which is uh, mount k2 or godwin austin so two days in nubra valley is not a bad idea then of course you have the pangong lake pangong lake is in the news because of the pla almost knocking at our door uh, pangong lake lake actually is the highest salt water lake in the world and it's shared between two countries uh, so both india and china share the lake this lake is also a great place for people who are interested in birding uh, it is almost 5 and 1/2 hours from lake so again not a day trip it's a great idea to stay in pangong lake uh, there are eco camps which are there see other thing uh, which i must tell you is that uh, like any other mountainous place these these are not places which you will you know cover in one line for example from leh you go to khadungla and then you go to nubra valley then you come back to leh to go to pangong if you really want to have a relaxed vacation so don't uh, think that you know you can have four five days and cover the place so i think what's important when you are traveling to mountain regions or for that matter any other place it's important to understand what you want to do in that place and what's your interest and really plan it out so that you have a very relaxed vacation and you don't miss out on key experiences pangong lake of course uh, also shot to fame after this three idiots movie because the uh, last shot was shot at this location and uh, if you remember the character uh, from suk wangdu from the movie it's actually inspired by a real life character called sonam wangchuk who's a educationist entrepreneur uh, philanthropist etc from ladakh he runs a school so you can actually visit that school also so it's believed that pangong lake changes its color from blue to green to red uh, of course i didn't see it at during summer but yeah uh, it's a salt water lake and it uh, freezes completely during winter then the other place which you can cover from uh, leh is uh, magnetic hill uh, magnetic hill is actually talked about a lot 
So uh, once you're driving towards magnetic hill, you'll see a huge board there which says phenomena that defies gravity, etc., etc. So the place creates an optical illusion, you know, supported by layout and surroundings. Cars on the hill appear to roll uphill when they're actually moving downhill. So that's one place that you can uh, see. Another place which uh, is not very popular or maybe not too many people usually add in their itinerary is a village called Dahan. Two villages. This place requires inner line permit. It's towards the border, but it is supposed to be the last Aryan village of India. So that's another village that you should visit if you want to experience something different. Which are your standout experiences in Ladakh? Your personal favorites? My standout experiences. Uh, okay, so let me start from Leh. Uh, so Leh Palace is actually not in a great condition but it's inspired by the you know shape of Potala Palace in Tibet. So it's a nine-storied building uh, and this is the place where royal families used to live once upon a time. Of course uh, they all moved out later on and uh, it was converted into a museum. So this place, uh, this palace has a huge collection of jewelry, ornaments, uh, traditional attire, crown etc. And because of its height it also offers a great view of the city. So this was something in Leh that I really liked. Uh, Hemis Monastery, 50 odd kilometers from Leh, so takes almost like two hours, you know, one and a half, two hours. This is something which is really colorful. It looks very, very stunning from outside and even from inside. So Monastery has the library of uh, Tibetan books. Uh, also hosts a lot of thangkas, those, you know, Tibetan paintings. Then there are gold statues, tupas. Uh, the Hemis festival I spoke about, right? Uh, it's celebrated every 12 years in the month of June and July. And it's like a uh, festival which is uh, during which the largest thangka is on display you know, on the outer walls. Apart from that, uh, there is Guru Padma Sambhava, who's supposed to be the founder of uh, Buddhism in Himalayas. Uh, his birth anniversary is celebrated every year. So, uh, which is a big fanfare, you know, a lot of music, a uh, lot of uh, meditation and culture and display, etc. So this is something, uh, if you're traveling, you may want to keep in mind. Then there was actually Hemis National Park. Uh, you know, when we say National Park, we typically think of a uh, lot of forests and different kind of animals running around, etc. So this is actually uh, very close to Hemis Gompa very rugged landscape right and very different feel you know don't uh, think that you're going on a jeep safari just like Kanha or uh, Bandipur etc it's not like that so uh, what you can cite here is uh, snow leopards and many endangered species of birds that can be seen from here so this is something you might want to add to your plan it's not very popular but I think it is uh, something but uh, which should be visited Pangong Lake, of course, I spoke about Pangong Lake. Uh, it's usually included in the itinerary, so should not be missed. The other place uh, for me, which was really a standout experience, uh, was Dhan. Uh, like I said, uh, it is also known as the uh, last Aryan village of India. This village is actually uh, believed to be inhabited by people who are uh, from Central Asia or there are different kind of versions. So one version is that when Alexander came to India uh, and when he left, 
some of his people stayed back and they stayed back in this village right and apparently they marry within the community usually so just to maintain their race or you know not have any kind of a mixed blood now of course with education lot of people have started moving out so if they marry outside the community they are not even welcomed in their own village uh, so this is a place which is not spoken about uh, when we talk about ladakh but it's an interesting experience because when you go and meet people they look very different from the locals that you meet in leh or for that matter in other places in ladakh you also need inner line permit to go to this place right this place is almost around 17180 odd kilometers from leh uh, so you can travel to this place and stay in our homestays in the nearby villages right so people here they are into apricot uh, they farm uh, apricot farming the language that they speak here is uh, different from what's spoken in leh and they look different yeah if you actually spend some time with them if you speak to them you realize that they look like people who are from a different uh, region in fact there's a very interesting uh, rumor which is associated with this place so it's believed i'm not sure it's true or not because that's what the version that guide gave me uh, so it's it's believed that uh, german women used to come to these villages uh, in ladakh to conceive because they wanted to you know maintain the pure aryan bloodline again I'm not sure how true it is stories so some sort of pregnancy tourism once upon a time i don't think it's in fashion anymore these days though pregnancy tourism interesting very interesting and and uh, you the fact that you don't think it's in fashion anymore these days that must be the understatement of the decade <laughs> so that is dahano and uh, of course uh, rafting is a great option in ladakh so i really enjoyed rafting here and uh, you may want to click pictures of the uh, place where you can see the confluence of indus and the zanskar river so that's another thing that uh, is interesting uh, for all of you who are uh, into photography i think ladakh really is a great option very very unique very different kind of uh, scenic beauty uh, culture people uh, villages all of it you know it will be a visual treat Let's move from pregnancy tourism and photography and stuff to food. What about the food there? So Ladakh has a lot of Tibetan influence in its food. So you'll find a lot of thukpa, the soupy noodles, uh, which is readily available anywhere. Momos again. Uh, you can have momos, uh, and if you're a vegetarian, you'll get veg momo also. So don't worry about that. Then there are some other uh, delicacies. which are usually soup based you know it's a very cold region so there is something called skayu which is made up of vegetables and uh, wheat etc the non vegetarian version has uh, different types of meats in it then there's something called water bread which is again a ladakhi speciality which is basically if you have to dissect it it's like that dough which is cooked in thick soup either with vegetables or with meat and then of course there is a chulpi or chupi whatever you call it uh, very similar to how it is in arunachal pradesh or sikkim so this is the dried yak cheese and of course it's very hard so the way to uh, consume this is to pop it in your mouth and let it melt a little and then you should chew it's very very hard you know if you throw it on a table it will make noise it's that thick uh, 
the beverage which is very very common very popular in himalayas actually is butter tea so if you're traveling to ladakh whether you like it or not you have to make sure that you try the butter tea it's also known as uh, gur gur chai so the tea is actually prepared with butter you know it sounds very funny for all of us but yeah it's prepared with butter milk and salt and then it's of course churned and mixed with the tea leaves and if you want to try some alcoholic beverage then of course chang is the local beer so it's usually served as a traditional drink to the guests ah so the food is very tibetan based you know reminds me of the couple of weeks that i spent in tibet yeah there the most important crop is barley so they make flour milled from the roasted barley they call it sampa it's kind of the staple food yeah. and something called shafale which is uh, meat and cabbage and all that with bread some absolutely fabulous food i fell in love with tibetan food yeah. and the names are so so fascinating yeah. the tibetan bread that they eat for breakfast and lunch is called balep yeah so you have these balep bread you have fried rice you got beans you got uh, uh all kinds of uh, i mean there are some fruits that you get very less fruits but some fruits and some vegetables not too much a lot of fenugreek that they add in their food i guess it's the same thing in ladakh also then if uh, butter tea is what it's made out and yak butter tea i kind of fell in love with yeah, when i was in tibet initially the it it seemed to be a bit of a like you said uh you know putting salt and butter in tea i mean you know how can you kill tea in that fashion but it's lovely it's absolutely fabulous flavor they have it with uh, uh tibetan barley they make something called sampa and they mix it in the tea and eat it it's it's fabulous great energy giver man other noodles too soup and uh, uh, uh beans and uh, steamed vegetables and stuff like that now you've got me reminiscing about my experience in tibet and lately i find that i'm doing that quite quite often it must be either age or it might be that tibet was such a fabulous place or it might just be that one is not being allowed to travel now in this in, in this damn uh, pandemic induced uh, uh, home incarceration so to say anyway, so uh, uh, what's the best time to visit ladakh so may to september is a good time to visit uh, ladakh uh, you can either fly into leh or you can take the uh, road trip from manali to leh and in fact uh, the atal tunnel was inaugurated 2 3 months back so that has really reduced the journey time by almost 4 hours so you can take that route or you can fly uh, you can also travel from shrinagar to leh via kargil uh, i'm not speaking about that right now because uh, remember you need inner line permit to travel from that area but yeah that's also an option any other experience that was very unique and uh, to the place and stayed in your memory after that So yes uh, there is something called uh, kung fu nuns in ladakh very unique uh, so there is this nunnery which is uh, after alchi hills or the magnetic hills so this place is called drupa nunnery the monastery and if you go there you will find a lot of young nuns who are practicing martial arts right uh, usually you don't come across a setting like that first of all a female nuns and then practicing martial arts So uh, this is not very far from Leh. If you are uh, traveling to Magnetic Hills or Alchi Hills, you can actually cover that. It's a little further ahead of Magnetic Hills, so uh, it's a good idea to go to this place. I have not come across a nunnery where you know uh, female nuns are actually part- practicing martial arts. So should be added to the plan. How easy is it to travel there? 
does it have decent connectivity by flights and all of that and uh, or does it take a lot of planning to get there so this place has decent connectivity uh, le airport has actually regular flights from delhi srinagar chandigarh mumbai all these places and uh, if you like to take the uh, driving option or biking option it's very popular with the bikers also then you have the manali rohtang pass or shrinagar kargil route and like i said sometime back that the atal tunnel uh, the driving distances come down and that route is very very scenic you know you may have to have a stop over at a place called sarchu but uh, it's really worth it you can but of course you should love driving or biking for that so that's another option that's uh, good or recommended if i may say that i of course flew to le uh, i had flown from delhi via shrinagar even then so whether you are uh, driving down or you are taking a flight uh, please ensure that you spend the first day in acclimatizing yourself uh, with that high altitude before you really venture out into the other places hey thanks rashmi for dropping by to chat on uh, ladakh now i'll probably sit back and uh, reminisce about tibet a little bit more <laughs> Thanks thanks Rashmi. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel podcast from Beyond Experiences. Till the next episode, take care, stay safe and whatever else you do, don't trip on the usual.